0: Cops is on stage, cops is on stage You must make me laugh cause there'll be cops is on stage Cops is on stage, cops is on stage You should make me laugh cause there'll be cops is on stage Hello, everyone. Welcome to Corpses on Stage. I should say, welcome back to Corpses on Stage, really, because we've had an extended break over Christmas and unfortunately lockdown. Say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. (laughs) There's (laughs) Matty and Matt, as usual. And here I am, Matthew. And today we've got a special guest with us. We've got our friend, colleague, um, I was going to say mentor, then, but that's never happened. christian lockyer say hello christian
1: evening lads hello how are you all nice to see you oh we're going back into the christmas
2: special already how about that uh, our subject today
1: is
0: not terrible accents on stage um we've we've covered it before i think but um yeah we've got christian on he's a, a friend of ours maybe some of you listening will know him very well i hope you do um he's, friend? he's Friend, you know, we just we try to keep it light. It's a loose term. It's a loose term. That's what often how they describe
1: me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. my, first, my first, my first edit of the evening. <laughs> Now, it's, it's nice to have Christian on. He's um, been in and around our society for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there when I started, and then he left. I don't know if it was because of me, but he did leave. Uh, Probably. And then, but then he was drawn back to the the, the heady climbs of Somerset after a, a number of years in London, wasn't it, Christian?
1: It was, yeah. I shipped off to the Bright Lights and then realised that Oh, that's not, it's not quite as bright as I thought it was going to be. But I did still do some stage stuff in London, which was probably one of my best experiences. Really? Oh, what I did you do? I didn't know. Yeah, I did uh, the producers and I did producers at the Bridewell. If you've ever been to the Bridewell Theatre, which is like a little sort of niche theatre. So it's not quite the West End. But we took it to the Minack in Cornwall, which was oh, amazing. I was going to say
0: that uh, oh, while, cool. whilst you were in
1: London, you performed in Cornwall. But
0: uh, yeah. th- that's the outdoor thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the one on the cliff face. Absolutely amazing. To actually stand there backstage, ready to go on, and you can see the dolphins in the sea and see people sunbathing. Wow. It's just a phenomenal. Wow. Totally, totally wild experience to do, but amazing. So yeah, what's, backstage like?
0: what's backstage like at Minak then? well it's rocky. weird because
1: it is very it is rocky and you actually the only way you you hide yourself backstage is you hide behind boulders dotted around so the audience can't see you um, but actually there's nothing behind you it's literally a cliff face all you can see is the sea so you we were changing hidden behind a rock and the audience up in the tops, which would in the cheap seats can sort of look over and see you in your pants and all the rest of it So um, excuse me for sort of being a little bit you know questioning but that
3: doesn't sound very health and safety it's it, <laughs> those it, 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 it like kind of things so you can't go, you know, plunge
1: to your, you know, to your
3: doom. Is there sort of like fencing and stuff?
1: Well, it is a bit ropey, and um, not so bad in the day, but at night you can't see because you can't have lights backstage at the minax, so it's all pitch black. So you're sort kind of feeling your way around to get to your entrances. But yeah, there's bits of rope and whatnot, but it can be a bit dicey. You've just got to no sort of, you know, what we normally do in the dressing room. You can't be doing there. What
0: what's um what's the situation with that? Outdoor theatre with lights and set. I mean, I've mean, i done a few outdoor plays in my time and a couple have been on the canvas. A couple have just been out in the open where you just literally have, a, yep. you know, a few chairs and tables that you've managed to get on the grass or whatever. Is it a similar sort of thing there or is it a bigger set if you're doing something like producers?
1: It is a bigger set. We brought quite a lot of it with us. But the, the only problem is if you're a cast member that hates moving set. Don't go to the Minack because if anyone that's been, it is a pretty steep cliff face that takes you down to the stage, and we have to we had to um, uh, create this kind of human chain going up through what is in effect the seats of the theatre. Quite a bit of room, quite a bit of room on stage down there to get sort of you know set pieces and props and all the rest of it. So surprising, it's a big space and,
0: and obviously interesting doing a musical in that sort of setting mm. as well. Because yeah, the stuff I've done outside. There's been a couple of things with music, but yeah, all been plays, really. So you just have to, uh, well, project, stroke, shout, I suppose, mm. depending on the weather. Um, yeah. with, I suppose the music does carry, does it?
1: I mean, what sort of orchestra would, would that have had? We, we we didn't. I think we had tapes. I think we had, because you, you can't get it in there. So You've literally got somebody, right. you, have a, you have a look where your, your MD normally is. It's like a little sort of pulpit where ours was, um, up on almost where the sound and the lighting desk was, and he's there literally clicking the buttons to <laughs> clicking the buttons to get everything going. What hey. I imagined actually, someone there with a tape recorder. <laughs> yeah, that's what you imagine. <laughs> Sticking your pen in and just wiping the tape back so it's got tangled up <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> you no, know, the, the 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 one memory I've got of that, we had an absolutely stunning run. It was for about a week. And what was brilliant about it was we all we got onto Airbnb and we basically lived in this farmhouse for the week. And actually Eloise, who used to be down at Strode, um, I don't know what her name is now, she was in London and she got me into it. Um, we all lived in this farmhouse for a week, a bit sort of Big brother style. We had a glorious, amazing week of sunshine. And then the last night, the Minack very rarely closes because of weather, but there's always that moment. And apparently the manager said, we were that close to closing it on your last night we got absolutely drenched. And mm. I've never been wow. so wet, so windy and trying to perform. And in the end, you you actually, you corpsed on stage several times because of the weather conditions. You just couldn't help yourself. And you just stood there and thought, I don't, what the hell am I doing? You lot sat here watching. We're drenched. No one knows what they're doing. People slipping all over the shop. Absolute Chaos. Yeah,
0: I did four or five outdoors and really lucky for a number of years. Mm. Never had any bad weather until possibly the last one I did. That one happened to be we had a a slight tent so we we could retreat into the tent. But yeah, it Mm. absolutely bucketed down. Mm. The audience got wetter than we did. I don't think they could have heard us, though, to be honest with you. Matt, have you ever done anything outside? I'm sure you have. I'm guessing you have.
2: Yeah, plenty, plenty. Um, you can guess probably where. Where? Uh, ooh,
0: <laughs> there's, uh, there's, on, oh, little uh, What do you want to guess. guess?
2: This little <laughs> island known as Tenerife. Ooh. No, not really. Uh, no. Lanzarote, Wrong. of course. There we go. No, Lanzarote, um, one of the, uh, the hotels I worked at, we had an outdoor stage, so sometimes the shows would be indoors, and during the summer, the shows would be outdoors. I got a bit of a story with that one, actually, of Christmas. In my hotel, we worked in with this big outdoor stage, and we decided that we were going to do Christmas Day all all outdoors. So we had an entire set put up together. It was all very Christmassy. Um, and a massive lighting rig, and extra lighting was brought in outside. Santa was going to come down and land on the roof behind us in a helicopter, and then he was going to come down onto the stage, and then that was going to be a, a, a big thing. So we've been planning this for a couple months, stage sets, everything, and then it came to the twenty third of December because Twi- uh, Christmas Eve was the day it was all happening. Everything was set up. Tens of thousands spent on this. Christmas Eve comes, and what happens? It chucks it down. Absolutely. Like, um, you couldn't see a hand in front of your face. I think about €50,000 worth of equipment was destroyed. Of course, the entire day was cancelled, and we had to do something which has never been done in the hotel's history, which was open the evening entertainment room in the daytime, which is the equivalent of doing a show in our theater at 10 in the morning it was the most weird thing and the cleaners hadn't been in yet but yeah so my experiences of performing outdoors are just stuff breaking and people being electrocuted
1: nice and when it rains in the canary islands it's not just like a light shower is it when it rains it's tropical storms yeah yeah yeah
2: that
3: was brought Hello. to
1: you by the canary Islands tourist Board. I was in a <laughs> yeah. couple of
3: a couple of um outdoor productions when I when I lived in redditch we did them at forge Forge Mill uh, needle museum which is a, a really nice historical place and um we did Charlie's aunt and the importance of being earnest in consecutive Junes and no problem with the weather whatsoever I was in a band when I was in Cyprus and we did an outdoor show we'd, we'd done and this was going f- into September so it was still quite hot and the Last one we did, we hadn't had rain for months, I mean, like months, and it rained. And so there's all the sound equipment that we'd actually borrowed, and it was it was expensive. So there was lots of furious throwing of, like, plastic sheeting over these things, but it, it did actually stop. What I do actually remember, all the audiences are being held in the hotel, because it was in a kind of um a sort of disused tennis court that the stage had been set up us furiously jay cloth these, these like seats <laughs> to kind of make them dry for people to kind of uh to, to come through yeah that's the only times I've, I've ever performed outside so no no disasters there
0: fortunately but um... it's a fun experience though isn't it i mean it's, yeah, it's an yeah. interesting one but it is a fun experience to do stuff outside wouldn't want it to be the only thing but it does make a nice change of pace when you're do you guys remember performing?
1: Performing? <laughs> what a thing yeah. I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like Norman Desmond at the moment. Oh, I was big. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm definitely
0: ready. I tell you, I, I am ready.
3: You'd look like her as well. <laughs> Go <with Yeah>. back to <laughs> that conversation <I'm> again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, no, I mean I, this will go out pretty soon after we recorded. But obviously, obviously, we're in um, the end of January during lockdown, and I have to say the, the first the first time round, it was a nice break from doing yeah. stuff in a way, but now it's. I'm, I'm craving, I'm craving getting back to doing stuff, I have to say. Do
1: mm. you ever get that weird feeling? I was only thinking about it tonight, of, of thinking, God, am I going to remember what to do? Am I going to remember how to learn lines and kind yeah. of, you know, how to, how to do it, a do We're getting the challenge? age now where
0: well, that's <laughs> harder to do anyway, to be honest with you. so oh well, yeah, that is true. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I remember when you were a young fellow, Christian. What happened?
1: Oh, I tell you. Yeah. Well, I, look at me now. How rough do I look? God. So,
0: so what was the first thing we did together before we track right back to your your tender young days what was the first thing we did you were in beauty and the beast, beauty was beauty and the the beast. beast wasn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah it was beauty and the beast in fact i got feeling that was the first thing i did with glassroom street musical comedy society that was mine to be honest. also
0: mine as yeah. well so
1: yeah i've done stuff before but yeah do you know what I, I memories of that and actually do you know what i was probably like you i was chuffed to bits to be able to get into um, gsmcs in such a big part as well, not to go in and as like a, in the chorus, but actually boom, straight in, hit the ground running. Um, what did you play? But, uh, Lumiere. Lumiere's oh, no. kind of oh, You're very much a Lumiere, yeah. yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Which I really, I'd always wanted to do anyway. When it came up, I thought if I did, I was going to be a bit of a diva and say, I don't get this, I don't want to do it. No, I want I that bad, really. But, um, I, I just. Surely not. Uh, no, that's for you, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> oh, this is the prom today. We've got a
0: diva off, haven't we?
3: So. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm saying nothing, as you were.
1: <laughs> I, But the one, and I can remember having done that with um, Andy Wright, I mean, it was a whole, having done some other stuff at Strode before, this was a completely different experience than you guys know because you've done stuff with Andy, but just the way he directs and puts you through it. And the problem we had, and this takes me back, you think COVID's bad, oh! Me and my other half at the time, who played the Beast, ended up. Do you remember, Matt? We ended up with swine flu, and oh, it was when yeah. it was when um, Andy was blocking Act One, and we were laid in, and literally couldn't. People were posting, sort of, you know, toast and whatnot through the letterbox. They weren't allowed in, and we were <laughs> we were literally. I should laugh, Sorry, <laughs> um, but we both ended up in bed with, swine, and I, I said, "This is it. There's no way we are going to be able to do." You know, you're the Beast. I'm Lumiere. There's no way we're gonna get through act one if he's blocking it at the moment. And for some reason, just the way that Andy directed it, we picked it up in no time. It was just it was so such a random experience. Mm -hmm. Which is
0: great. I mean, this is before the the, what we do now of posting stuff online so everyone
1: could just watch it as well, wasn't it? If you missed it, you you missed it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Really. And you when you then walked in and you suddenly thought, oh, God, they're all looking at us as if to say, we've all got it and you haven't got a clue. Because you know what it's like if you happen to rock up 10 minutes late for a oh. rehearsal and everyone glares at you. Like, we've been worse. here for half an hour already. <laughs> but it is
0: hard, isn't it? Because uh, funny enough, when I uh, was assistant director with Andy on Witches of Eastwick, um, I wasn't supposed to be in the show. And then we'd blocked act one. And then someone dropped out, and really the only option was for me to step into it to to make the numbers up. Mm. But there's a lot to learn, and so I actually mm. learned two acts at once, and it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> mm. So I was doing that the assistant so directing work. stuff but and learning all the extra stuff as well, which was fun, a challenge, but fun. But, it, you know, but, yes, it was luckily people were drilled quite well that we could yeah. get, get into it. Yeah. So, so, so that was your first thing with GNS then. Um, with me and or us or whatever so what what about when did you first start doing amdram would you say because how how old were you then if you
1: don't mind revealing your secrets what beauty yeah uh when was it was it 20 2010 2010 blimey Hmm. so i would have been 29 29 yeah roughly actually yeah I've,
0: i've got a picture somewhere on my wall of us at your thirtieth birthday party, I think.
1: That's right. Yeah, we yeah, didn't. So eight. that was. That's right. Party. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so been a year later.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, because I, I, actually, I didn't realise that was your first one. I thought you'd been around for a while. Because you're a Somerset boy, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so what had you done before? How did you get into
1: it? So I had, I had, dare I say it, had done Carnival for donkey shit, for about 15 years. And John Cullen, who was big of Stalwater, Range Street comedy musical, basically said to me, I don't know why you're wasting time with this. Although he was involved in it. He said, I don't know why you didn't get on the stage. And I kept thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Carnival's all right. Because it's sort of, you know, a bit chilled out. But I'd always longed. I'd gone and watched shows because I was a local journalist then at the paper about 20 years ago i used to come along and review shows and i used to always think i'd love to be on stage um and then it just suddenly i the one memory i've got and i i i'm not going to say who it is because i'm convinced it is her but she says it's not i remember going to a workshop for oklahoma and that was a couple of years before beauty went along and we had to do this um and I'm like a bloody whirling dervish, really, whenever I do dancing, my arms and legs are all over the shop, and we were doing this dance move, and I kicked this woman, and she collapsed on the floor in an emotional wreck, you know, writhing in pain about her Achilles heel, and I just looked oh, and I no. thought... Oh, Well, and I just thought, do you know what, if this is the sort of people that are in this society, you know, dramatic, you know- I don't want to get involved. <laughs> um, to this day... I've never been able to confirm who it was, but I have my suspicions. Um, and it's stopped me from joining. I know you lot are not gonna press me though. Stopped me from joining for a few years. And then I just decided, you know what? I'm just gonna bite the bullet. I chucked in Carnival and got involved with Beauty and the Beast. But I'd done stuff um, with stru- what was Strode Productions. So started my first kind of proper stage one in adulthood really was Return to the Forbidden Planet, which was completely random. Cops is on stage. This
2: episode was brought to you by Little Orchard Bed and Breakfast. Mmm, family-owned since 1973.
3: It's Glastonbury's longest-serving bed and breakfast. And it's ideally located on the southern
2: slopes of Glastonbury Tor, with breathtaking views overlooking the Vale of Avalon. And not only that, they have award-winning breakfast, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Oh, no, we have avocado crunch on sourdough. Amazing. Amazing. We have Canadian French toast with maple syrup. <gasps> Tell me more. And, of course, their vegan-friendly banana pancakes. As well as continental breakfast and their fabulous full English.
0: So, visit their website, littleorchardglasberry.co.uk, for more details where you can view availability and book directly online. Cops is on stage. So, yeah, because carnival was a big thing around here. I was really surprised when I moved to Somerset. Yeah, um, me too. That, I mean, I, I I happened to mention once that I wasn't a great fan, and and that was that was death threats for the next three years, really. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay,
2: I once did this. I once was on a date in Bridgewater and said out loud, I wasn't a massive fan of Carnival, and I literally, I kid you not, I had someone at the other side of the street stop and look at me.
1: <laughs> That's probably because you're on a date in Bridgewater. Yeah, very true. Sure. Like Carnival. It didn't.
2: It didn't last. I can tell you that. Um,
0: and I'm, and Actually, I'm, the, the problem was the first year we came down here, we went, we went to the carnival, and uh, Becky, my my wife, she got hit by those bloody two peas that were being thrown. Yeah. They used. To, I don't know if they I still know. do it. Do they still have that truck that goes down and people throw money at? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Not for safety
1: nightmare.
0: Um, oh, did, it was. Yeah. I
1: mean, she got hit in the face. This Blimey. Is, it, it demonstrates how tucked away Somerset is, because if that was anywhere else in the country, they would have stopped it and banned it. By yeah. now. But for some reason, you know, if you look at the roofs of some of these floats, there's bare wires around, there's yeah. rain pouring in, <laughs> there's light bulbs popping. I always imagine if
2: this was in like London or something like that, there'd be like, no, nah. like after the first 10 minutes, it would be stopped.
0: So you got into kind of having grown up here, uh, which you know I didn't, so I, I missed those delights. I was never indoctrinated in. Yeah. It. Um, at school, plays at school, I imagine. Yes. I mean, you're you're a
1: let's let's
0: um, how should we say you are? You like to be noticed when you come in the room, don't you?
1: I, funny enough, I was flicking through some old pictures the other day, and I came across my first ever show that I did, probably at the age of six. Or six when I played Toad of Toad Hall in Wind in the Willows. Oh, classic. Classic.
3: There you go. That's um, one of the questions answered already because one of our questions. Oh, is, yeah. Have you, have you ever played an animal? I'm
1: sure you know. And there you have. Yes. Uh, you yeah. Good- It was a, it was like a really, when you look back now, you know, nowadays they, like a school production, they bring on like a real car and all the rest. This was like a cruddy cardboard thing they picked up from Aldi and sort of stuck a bit of crepe paper on it. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that that dramatic. (laughs) But yeah, and and also as I was looking at a photo, I I was thinking back to what other things I did. We really randomly, and I don't know why I remember this um, vividly, but we did Androcles and the Lion (laughs) <laughs> Which okay. is a really random that, that, that popular
0: uh, yes, show I've that's never, done around I've the country in primary schools.
1: It. <laughs> we it's so, and I was even humming the song that we sang, the like the, the title song from the show for some weird reason. It's it wasn't even that much of a posh school, neither.
0: I remember <laughs> I can remember doing some Roman. We used to do I don't think we did yeah. the shows, but we used to hire in these things, you had little books and you had the music, and you used to sit there and sing the songs to them, and uh, so
1: random. Yeah so random really, when you think really back
3: oh i remember we yeah, we had that not like the kind of the storybook ones but yeah, yeah at, at school i can school, still remember one one of the tunes i had to go tape.
0: yeah goodness me this must be wrong is this really jupiter that we can see who sings the
1: song? It's so <laughs> random, <laughs> isn't it? I did we that had, one at six. I was like, we had a random. So, in we, I went to West Pennell Primary School, and we had uh, in the school hall, there was this big beam that basically held the roof up, and it was thick enough to put sort of A1 boards on and what the teacher used to do she'd write all the lyrics on these bits of paper and stick them up on this beam well back in the day we had VHS videos being you know recording the shows so you'd buy these videos and you'd sit at home watching them and all the kids they were just looking up at the (laughs) ceiling because they were reading these lines from left to right yeah you didn't actually see anything but I think they still do it now
0: anyway what we'll do Christian we'll we'll come back to a couple of questions about amateur theatre and you a little bit mm-hmm. later if we can dive into our little topic we're going to be talking about I don't know where this will take us how long we'll talk about it but we wanted to pick your brains a little bit about the marketing side of thing because mm. in in your professional life you've done a lot of PR and marketing stuff haven't yep. you? And yeah and you're you're bringing that sort of thing to help out with our society and mm-hmm. marketing there aren't you? So what do you see as the most valuable tool at the moment for a society in in marketing?
1: The easy, I mean, it's an easy question. It's social media. That is the way to go now. And back in the day and i I was only reminiscing about this the other day with somebody um my my career in there started off over 20 years ago when i trained as a local journalist and the most exciting noise in the office was to hear the fax machine go because a (laughs) a press release would come through and you think that might be your front page story that particular week and we had like one email address in the office and all the rest of it and there was real traditional methods that was a time when you know your local society you know would relish the thought of getting a review in the paper or getting a, a A story in the paper it's kind of gone now really you know all you can organically grow your own audiences and sell your own tickets via your own channels for free so I think yeah I think Facebook for Glassman Street proved really popular one tricky thing about it nowadays is keeping on top of it all this tiktok and snapchat nonsense all these young kids are doing
2: nowadays (laughs) instagram is not a kid thing. everyone uses instagram matt maybe or maybe you don't but
0: facebook i i've receded a bit from facebook from its glory days and i'd still use it for keeping up to date with bits and pieces but uh, i mean what are the problems with it as well because i always felt it's a little bit of an echo chamber isn't it? Yeah. So you, you get you get your message out to the people who follow you, obviously, which is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard to. Well, I, I perceive it to be hard to get it
1: further than that when you're using Facebook. Does it go much further? Mm, it depends. It, it's how, you've got to capture the imagination, and this is how people, and loads of people will tell you. Social media: the aim is to try and get something that's going to go viral. But you can't tell what is going to go viral. The moment you go viral, you start seeing your followers. Um, jump up, but you're completely right, and I think that's the danger with people like us. We've all got very similar friends, so if somebody shares something, mm-hmm. you see it twice in your time in your timeline. Then you see it three times, and you think, God, I'm getting sick to death of this now. Um, which is why you've got to constantly try and come up with new, innovative, attractive ways of doing stuff. It's not always that easy, especially when you're trying to sell a show because there's only so much you can do constantly. Yeah to push it out over and over again it just relies on people sh- sharing really yeah. if they can and share I, it open up to their friends as well
0: and i suppose sort of the problem is as well it can get lost a little bit in the noise I yeah i mean around these parts there are so many societies yeah. that and and they intermingle don't they people go to yeah. different societies so your friends are different people so you do get all the different things and like so you can almost you, you can almost get the message and then forget about it because another six have come along in the meantime i suppose so you yeah. can get it out there but people I mean, like the old leaflet through the door in a way isn't it you sort of get the leaflet and then oh that's yeah. interesting i'll just put that leaflet down then it falls on the back of the sofa and you've forgotten about it
4: <laughs> yeah
1: i know no you're completely right and the trouble is that's why exactly for your reason you were saying that's why things like they're, they're watching the stats around places like facebook because people are just getting they're getting fed up with dare i use a trump phrase the fake news because you can never tell what is real and what isn't real uh, they're getting fed up with just the rubbish that you spend hours and hours scrolling through facebook (laughs) but you do and it is you can spend i've done it i've spent hours you just you're scrolling through and you're not taking any of it in because there's so much information there and it's that one thing if you can just grab the attention and i know you'll laugh at this but a couple of years ago when we did um Sleeping Beauty. God, I've forgotten that already, and that's only about a year ago. Um, Liz Bradwell did some props, and one of them oh, yes very oh, yes. dodgy. <laughs> yes, I remember this one all yes. too well. Yes. One of them very when you looked at it very quickly, looked very dodgy. The finger what was that? the finger. Do you remember the finger? The finger dodgy. was, the... God, it was yes, like yes, <laughs> yes, Yeah. Yes. Now, you imagine seeing that. You're scrolling through your Facebook, and you suddenly pop... Now, that instantly is going to grab your attention and make you look at it. And as soon as you've got their attention, you can try and get a bit of information to them straight away. The rest of it is just noise and guff as you go through it. But you have a lone Liz Bradwell finger, and you're anyone's. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh we, we will
2: get liz on at some point to defend herself in that matter uh, but. Liz is, on, liz is on,
0: a, on a list of people we'd like to, to speak to at some point
2: but christian <laughs> christian i want to ask you as well so when you do post something on social media is it something that you see pretty much almost straight away in ticket sales and things like that do you see a massive difference or does it take more time and a lot of posting
1: until you start to see that pick up They reckon there's some stats which says you have to do something seven times to actually get somebody to do some sort of some form of transaction on it. The one good thing is we did a few because obviously I only started doing this with GSMCS a couple of years ago. I think we did well when we were doing the full Monty, (laughs) whenever that was. Full Monty and Sleeping Beauty, and I was watching the moment where we, uh, I was in touch with Strode Theatre, the moment we were posting something, like videos go down really well. If you can do sort of behind the scenes clips and things like that, it goes really well. You see the uh, social media traffic spike. You see the, the traffic to the website, because always good to link back to your website. You see that spike. And then Strode will say things like, we suddenly had a load of people buying on Sunday. And you think, oh, I know why that is, because we put that video out. Yeah. So you can directly relate it back. Okay. And then, That's what nice. I, I right. suppose it's
0: difficult to know. Yeah, so it's hard to know if those people mm. would be buying anywhere, I suppose. Yeah. Not, not that you can rest on any laurels about it. You have to get your message and your show out there. What what about old traditional ways? I mean, we've done a few um radio interviews yeah. and bits and bobs. I've done BBC Bristol before and often we get on the local radio, don't mm. we? It's, it is hard to know how the message is getting out there, not on whether the leaflet drops are still useful or a shop yeah. window or something. Um, you, how useful do you think those methods still are?
1: It's so hard. And the thing is, I think the nice thing about doing things like, I mean, I, I'm under no illusions. that When you do a radio interview, you're doing it to a very limited audience. They're not really taking it in. They probably There's no one really sits and properly listens to the radio. It's on in the background. But there's something quite fun and novel about doing those going to the studio having Mm. the conversation yeah the thought that actually there might be millions of people out there listening but it's actually (laughs) mrs miggins who's making a cup of coffee and is just about to switch it off yeah um our faithful (laughs) subscriber (laughs) (laughs) um but um and and i think the problem is what's killed that is the 24-hour news cycle whereas back in the day um because i've been doing sort of pr and marketing for some bigger organisations now, Um, if you can land things like this, or back in the day, if you could land like the six o'clock news or the ten o'clock news, you were onto something, Nowadays, you can have a bulletin on the BBC news that it's the best thing since sliced bread. Ten minutes later, it's off the news agenda. No one's really picked it up, unless they happen to have been listening at that particular point. Um, And that's why now... Someone was talking to me today about, you know, how do you think it all works now? And I say, people just use free media. You know, you probably get most of your news from Facebook, from community groups, and, you know, the police car down the road within ten minutes, you'll know exactly what's going on. You're not Mm going to wait a week to see the local paper. Um, So, yeah, there's some and there's also because there's there's niftier ways of how you can do it on social so lots of people will use unique links for instance so you can tell exactly whether that particular post drove more traffic to your website but completely to your point um matthew is you don't know whether they were going to do it anyway and you're never going to know that unless you do loads of studies and surveys to find out where they've heard about it and what made them go and buy that ticket
0: because we often when we are doing a show um obviously some shows are chosen because they think people will want to go and see that show in the first place and Mm. and some shows are automatically going to gain a few more things and we always have these conversations about oh do this do this drive sell these tickets and it's sort of like well sometimes it's hard to just get someone to go and see i don't know yeah i don't want to slag off any show because there are are a lot of good shows but there are some titles that are less known yeah i mean one of the reasons we chose full Monte, I think wasn't it? it was because it is that sensational one that oh let's go and see full Monty they to get their kit off you know and uh yeah <laughs> that, that's the automatic sell we hope <laughs> I guess we hope uh, but then if you do something else um a sort and of obscure, son, Sondheim one or something yeah then, um, yeah it's more difficult isn't it and people just yeah. won't how, how do you sell it I mean it, it's tough isn't it
1: Mm. Really I was told I was told to tone it down with full Monty actually because some of the examples because I wanted to be a bit a bit saucy a bit carry onish because that's kind of the market. You it ain't going to be a Mrs. Miggins. He wants to go along and see a load of blokes on stage getting their kit off. I don't know,
0: Mrs. Miggins. Um... <laughs> Good old Mrs. <Miss> Miggins.
1: <laughs> I was told that apparently there were a few people who were nervous that there were actually going to be naked men prancing around on stage. And we had to change our marketing slightly because we were giving the impression. That's all um, <laughs> That's all you did. That's all you did. Yeah. And I yeah, think at I mean, one point we had no full frontal nudity. I think we had to put it as a bit of a disclaimer on some of the marketing material.
0: I, I suppose it's about people's knowledge of what's in the show, isn't it? Really? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. I mean, it's called the full Monty. And Absolutely. if you just got that association and you're saying this person strips, this person strips. Yeah. yeah. I, suppose, I suppose that wrong message can get out there quite easily, yeah. can't it? Really? I mean, but obviously I mean, we, I... We, we were all involved in that. How did yeah, you we guys were. feel? Ab- how did you guys feel about um, those things going out? With I mean, your I face a, on, personally,
3: <laughs> I, I was never—I never really minded about the, the the stuff going out, you know, with my face on, matte strips or whatever. I just thought it's going to be more of a shock for them to see me. <laughs> <naked>. <laughs> Put them off, but, yeah. but quite honestly, it was as we were sort of getting through the rehearsals, it kind of it, it sort of changed, and obviously it is what people think about the, the full monty. But for us, it was like less about the sort of titillation; it was more about the the way that these kind of slightly dysfunctional guys kind of group together and yeah, you know, do, do it, you know, do things for the for, them, for themselves, hmm. you know, and um, sort of support each other. So that was, I can totally understand the first people, people's first thought of that particular show is the last, Five minutes of the show yeah
1: and to be fair that message actually got back to me because actually laura said can we start pushing some more of the other storyline you know the the dysfunctional families the divorce the suicide and all of that and we did start to push some of that and pull back a little bit on the the sort of or the Kenneth Williams style oh <laughs> <laughs> you have those things. <laughs> oh
0: god bless so, so, yourself. <laughs> so yes it is, it's, it's, it's very difficult isn't it I mean going back a few years though the, the, well actually and recently the publicity you sometimes get is the wrong way around isn't it like you said getting on the news Mm. Um, I'm thinking of when, when years ago when you used to wait for a paper review Yeah, it used to come at the end of the run it's too late you yeah. used yeah. to, put, used to put, put a bloody review in there and you, you're done no one's going to yeah. come see the show now
1: <laughs> do you know what I've got a fun talking about reviews I've got fun... so one of the things i just give you a bit of insight into how those paper reviews used to be um, pulled together because I used to review them 20, 20 odd years ago um, and because it was local amateur theatre we had a policy at the paper which was you don't give a bad review because it's amateur, you don't do it. And the answer was, if if you've gone somewhere and it's bad, you just don't put the review in. And I had one of those at Strode. Oh no! I had one where I'd seen a show, and I came back and I said, I've got nothing good to say about it. It was absolutely appalling. <laughs> I'm not saying what. I'm not saying which because they will. And the star of the show was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, um, dear. And, I remember,
1: and even to this day, I I can't recall whether it was that unmemorable. I can't recall ever writing that review. So I think I saw it and So we what just we'll do, we'll look in the archives
0: it. and find the year that wasn't a review. <laughs> There's a
1: sudden gap.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, that that was always the problem. People used to get um we've talked about stuff like um awards and things. And that was with Andrew actually. We talked mm. about awards and things like that. But it was it was like that with the rev- the paper reviews, yeah. wasn't it? People used to get really um hyped up about oh, the reviews coming out, the reviews coming out and you know, after a few years, I started to think, well, they either don't mention you, or they say something yeah. reasonably nice, and yeah. it's sort of vaguely meaningless. I mean, you, you don't want to be too cynical about it because it's nice if someone says something nice about you,
1: yeah. and sometimes
0: you can read between the lines a little bit, can't you, on these positive reviews? But basically, they they like you say they had to be fairly mm. fairly positive and bland. So I'm not sure what you could t- take away from them. And people used to get excited about them. It's sort of like, well. You know, what you what are you gonna gain from it really yeah. at the end of the day? I got in actually I got in trouble a few years ago. Well, not really in trouble. <laughs> when I did Into the Woods in Wells, um the the review wasn't a review, they put in a synopsis yeah. of the show after the show had ended. And and I emailed them and said, Look, if you're gonna put a review in the paper, at least have the decency to review it. You know, I could write a better review in ten minutes. So I said something like that. I, yeah. And I and I actually put my email Several pointers that, of stuff She could have said I said even if it's bad stuff You could say X Y or Z and good stuff You say these these three things That's a better yeah. review of what you've printed in the paper Why did you bother? Yeah. I'd like to see A better review put in Anyway they, they posted up a review on the website In the end r- rather than In the paper and uh, I'd um, Signed it along with a, a friend Who's in the show and uh, anyway the, the lady who was uh, reviewing it Put a review up but we were the two main parts, by the way, but she didn't mention us. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So that oh was dear. that was all worthwhile. <laughs> but the other people in the show got a decent uh, mention and had a bit of their work, you know, recognised. Yeah. Which is which is sort of the
1: point, I thought. You know, if you're going to bother yeah. to do it, you know, and fill up those true. column inches. Well, and also you think on a national level, I mean, you're not so much on a local because you don't tend to find like scathing reviews. But on a national level, it can finish a show. You know, oh, yeah. you get, oh, yeah. You get yeah. it and the, Yeah, and the trouble is, what happens with a lot of a lot of these is they all get their heads together. They have a press night, and all the journos don't like to go back to the office and be the odd one out. So they'll all talk to each other, and oh, it's a bit bit bit, bit crap, one it. Yeah, it's a bit crap. So they all come out, and that's why they very often all look very much the same because they've all had a bit of a conflag over a wine in the interval. But yeah, You know, you end up with one star, and it can completely finish a show off. Mm. I think that yeah.
3: is the, actually the case for a, it's been the case for a couple of shows. I mean, I know there was the uh, the now uh, you're not going to be surprised when I say that it it wasn't it was, wasn't reviewed very well Not and close and, and the Spice Girl um musical <laughs> well, based on their music, the Viva Forever, I think, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was it was only open for a couple of weeks and got terrible reviews. I didn't even yeah. know
0: that was a thing,
3: yeah, come yeah. it's your favorite
0: show, Matt, isn't it? Well, awesome. <laughs> cops is on stage. At this point I wanted to drop in to mention that Christian and his partner Barry have just recently taken over the Lion pub at West Pennard. All near the splendour of Glastonbury Tor and those rolling Mendip Hills. Now it's closed at the moment of course because of lockdown but they are offering £10 takeaway Sunday roasts. There's also vegan and vegetarian options available as well as a range of desserts. They've also got hotel rooms for people who are on the government's exemption list. So why don't you check them out? You can go to their website, www.lionatpenard.co.uk. Cops is on stage.
3: Christian, have you ever had... Well, actually, I do know the answer to this. But have you ever had any sort of on-stage disasters... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've worked you with him quite yeah, a few are, times. Are you, are you bored yeah. of talking about PR? You're bored <laughs> of talking about PR now,
1: Matt.
3: I'm just I, I I thought spies, I'm just gonna inject
1: a little bit of spies. Oh <laughs> how good, how good. Um yeah, I mean I, I've had more I've had overt disasters and I've had more covert ones. Um probably the most recent one which you guys know about it and yeah. I, I yeah, with my trousers in panto oh, yeah, I just, and the only reason how many I, times how many times did I you know. spit a crotch on those trousers? Poor Liz. Poor Liz was like with a sewing machine out the back. The the funny thing was the foot when it the sort of last time when they properly fully opened and they were crotchless basically, I hadn't noticed until I could just def- I felt a breeze and I thought, <gasps> it all feels very airy at the moment. And I kind of looked down and just realized that everything was literally on show. <laughs> um but yeah, I d- that was a fated year because for some reason they kept Muddles strips open. on stage. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was sat in the in the dressing room because I wasn't on for that bit, and I could just tell the laughter was different. And you, you Matty, was on the stage as well with um, <laughs> Glyn and um, and uh, Dave, who was the the, the dame. And I could just tell that the sound of your laughter and the lines of wisdom we were different. I thought, oh my yeah. God, what something's happened? What's happened? Then I'd hear the, you know, the scene would end. I'd hear the laughter getting louder as it was you come down the stairs to the dressing room, and then it would be <laughs> yeah. the, degrees of, the degrees of Christian's crotch rip. You know, it so was.
2: That scene, I know when we did with the porridge and things. I don't yeah. think we ever actually stuck to the script once for that scene. No.
0: I think we were to no, just... Not, even, not I, even rehearsals. I don't think we did. No, I don't, I don't, the director I don't... must have been livid.
2: Because, <laughs> <laughs> <Glooming was laughs> Maisie, I remember you now and again saying this great, but stick a little bit to the script. Okay, just use a bit of the script. <laughs> <laughs> As it went on, it was just,
1: there's no the script left in this bit now. Yeah. Oh. Most mishap. I mean, most mishaps do come out of costumes, I'm convinced. I mean, Glyn, when he was playing Mummy Bear, um, I mean, that was another corpses moment because um he he was one end of the stage and i was the other i had to run on in panic and we kind of in rehearsals thought it was this funny moment where i run all my hands out and and kind of you know accidentally put them on mummy bear's breasts and then quickly pull them back again what i hadn't realized is that she had a buttoned up front of like a blouse and I'd run on, put my hands there, and my button had caught her front button. And as I pulled back, it had just ripped this blouse open. And there's Mummy Bear in just this brass, stood there. <laughs> and we just looked absolutely <laughs> burst. It's the first time I've ever pulled a top of a bear. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: and of course, we had all that. We had all that stuff with the uh, gorilla as well, didn't we? And he had oh. to do a sort of dance and oh. end up end up in a stupid position. And there was that one night, oh. I can't, which way round was it? But you. Did look like you were um, yes. molesting that gorilla, you know, know. <laughs> in ways that shouldn't be done in front of children. Anyway, it,
1: it changed. It changed every single time. Oh. I did not mind, did he? When we when we did the live stream of it, and and I was I was watching because we obviously did this live stream recently for Christmas, and uh, you know, thank you very much to uh, Matthew Maisie Productions. Um, we did a <laughs> we a sponsored by, we did a live stream of it, and do you know, what? even when I watched that scene, it. it sends a shiver down my spine because I knew mm. that I would cut the lines up every single... There was no... I, I never... In my head, I never had sense of which line came where. It was a really difficult scene. I loved that scene. I thought that scene was...
3: That was one of my favourite scenes in golden That and the... The, um, the Nuts... <laughs> <laughs> one of my, one of my, one of my favorite scenes,
1: uh, complimentary. No, I, I, I
0: like, I enjoyed doing that own Gorilla scene, I thought it was good, fun. it was a good fun yeah. lot. Man. But seeing the terror on your face, it was oh. always good. Mm.
1: Well, you pick me in the if you did you watch the live stream because that particular night, the very last line. I'd gone blank and you could see in my face I, you stepped in to rescue me and we got through the whole scene I thought oh thank god I've got it and then at the very end I was just fluffing on the floor kind of going mm-hmm. I don't think this is very nice and I'm thinking that ain't the line what's the line someone help me Oh, but have yeah, you ever but...
0: corpsed um or forgotten a line or something in a more serious part? If you've done any more serious
1: parts, Christian. <laughs> well, do you know what I I actually well when you when you go through the list of stuff I've done, so all of those comedy characters in that uh, Lumiere not particularly sensible. Uh, but you've got else? to get it right. But
0: you have got to get that right though, haven't you? Yeah. You, you, you can't yeah, you start ad libbing it too much in that
1: sort of. Part. No. I'm just trying to think if I've i've corpsed in a serious moment i mean we did um when we started doing panto 10 years ago i was always in the first one dick whittington i don't know if you all want
0: to say the same thing as me but i mean i mean we can tell you're a cheeky chappie, but in those days you were maybe a little bit too
1: cheeky at times weren't you <laughs> i know i got bollock for it as well you did you did yeah i say so, uh, barry squance what did was you the do director. well barry squance was the director is this the same story on the raft that, yeah that yeah food. yeah that's what yeah, I was thinking yeah of, yeah yeah <laughs> so we were we were um there was a scene where it, dave Bonser was playing the dame and we were sat on this raft and i was playing the sort of the stupid normal idle jack character and um we had this basket and it was supposed to have limited food in it and anyway we pulled all these bits out and it was like bits of fruit and all the rest of it and then for some reason there was a poloni and now we had to teach some of the cast what a polony was, and we kind of said, you know, it's just a slightly dodgy looking sausage. But anyway, so it cut, like this very pink sausage, that I had to pull out and then kind of go, oh, polony, blah, blah, blah. So it, it, I kept threatening that I was going to be a bit rude with this polony on stage. And Barry Scott was like, under no circumstances are you to do that. So the one night I did it, I didn't realize the local paper was in. So got on stage, was on this raft, Anyway, I Anyway, pulled this polonio, made a big dramatic thing of it, and I said, has anybody got any batteries? <laughs> and put it back in the basket. Anyway, then during the... because the curtain went down, I could see, because Barry Squance and he was looking daggers at me, because I was on the street instructions. Anyway, laughed it off, didn't think, on the Thursday, the local paper mentioned that... So it kind of mentioned that line, and it basically said we found some of the comedy uh, slightly on the adult side. (laughs) And even, I mean, I just, I thought I could have gone so much further with that sausage.
0: (laughs) You see what happens 10 years later, The theatre closed down the pantomime.
1: you know what I mean? It's down you to the baloney. I, mean, I, mean, I just <laughs> loved it.
0: I must admit, Christian, uh, we've done a few pantos since you were new in London, and then you came back, and I thought, oh, that family show <laughs> is, is going to go downhill.
1: And then they stopped us doing pantos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I, do I cast him?
0: Oh, no, we haven't got enough people. I'll have to. <laughs>
1: desperate and and matthew we can't forget because i always will blame you for this <gasps> now yeah no, we um we had that. lucy we had lucy on the podcast
0: a few weeks ago
1: yeah I, this is what you're
0: talking she, about right i
1: thought she might have <laughs> mentioned it yeah we, we
0: spoke about it we
1: spoke about it jollily off recording <laughs> <laughs> i would i've never felt so i i was like i i don't know how i I weirdly felt guilty about it and I almost didn't want to like come face to face with anyone backstage because I was like why am I feeling responsible? I kept saying blame the bloody director blame the director, <laughs> it's not me. Oh, oh yeah. That was bloody pie, hilarious. Pie, pie, pie gate.
0: Well I, I was... mean you didn't explain what happened. Basically um, listeners, uh, we, we had a, a a dance where christian was leading it and and part of the aim of the dance was to make the dancers he had on stage laugh at least it was in my head anyway and um <laughs> and as the director i think that's that's reasonable right <laughs> anyway but you've oh, been mucking pie. about with you've been mucking about with them in rehearsal hadn't you sort of like going up close to them and seeing them in their faces and whatever and surprising <laughs> them stuff I, I told him to put a, a pie in one of the dancers faces <laughs>
1: It, did not it didn't, out. no, it didn't quite go to plan. And it also, it wasn't that you just told me to do it. You kind of, you in the dressing room, I remember you bringing sort of almost secretly, like some sort of <laughs> terrorist attack, saying, Right, I've got the cream, I've got the play. <laughs> no, if you just make it up, it was like a bully in a playground. Oh. If you make it, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. it
3: doesn't... Oh, shush. You were literally chomping at the bit. I remember <laughs> you, were, you were like a kind of mischievous face Christian, like knowing he was going to pie one of the dancers. I remember that.
0: Yeah, but it was one there's one of those things it, it was an idea to to make it fun and get a reaction <laughs> and a few people a few people didn't quite see it that way at the time oh God. Uh, i think we've all forgiven and made up by now but um i mean I, I would approach it differently now um i don't think it was wrong i just think maybe the way it was approached was was slightly like you say. Probably shouldn't have done it behind the scenes quite so much. But it was yeah. meant to be a surprise. I mean, that
1: was the idea. Obviously,
2: it
1: was a surprise there. to all of and us. I would like to, f- I would like to formally apologise to Lydia now because a, I didn't realise she had contact lenses in, which meant I shouldn't have rubbed it in her eyes as much as I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. I mean, I,
0: I, I apologise to her uh, straight away when she yeah. was upset, and 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 I don't think she was too pleased that night. But hopefully, um. Um, she accepted the apology later on, but you know that's that's stuff that happens. You do these things and you try stuff out, yeah. and uh, sometimes don't work. I mean, I mean, the thing is, on stage, I think it got a good laugh.
3: It <laughs> did, yeah. um, yeah. It did explain the hard hat she wore for the rest of the rest of the run of the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Do you know what? There was definitely there was no there was no preemptive kind of targeting of it. She just happened to be in my yeah. eye line at the moment we did it. I mean, I probably would have, should have done it to Annie Cave's daughter, but I would have got, ooh, from Annie. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she just happened to be in the wrong place at my right time.
0: <laughs> but there you go. So, so that's a little bit of a disaster in the stage, that? Talk, <laughs> talking yeah. about that in, yeah. in a way. It's an interesting story anyway. Yeah. One will never forget. Right. So, I mean, there's not much more to say about um, PR marketing, would you say, Christian? No,
1: no, No. it's all just going. I mean, I know the only thing I would say about PR marketing is I know Matt, how much you hate Matthew, how much you hated all that sleeping beauty stuff. Because every day you'd be like, oh, is there a panto on? I wouldn't know looking at
4: Facebook. (laughs) Over.
1: Cops is on
4: stage.
0: We're coming to the end of our um, discussion now. It's been a nice, long, healthy discussion. But one question we haven't asked you, Christian, I don't know if you've thought about this. Is there any particular part you'd really love to play in the future? Is there something you've got your eyes on you'd like to to do in a serious role, a musical role? Or, you know, what what are you happy doing? What do you want to do?
1: Well, uh, there's a couple of roles that I've always, I've always, for some reason, fancied playing the child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, I'll see I see you at the audition. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, you've done one that I've always wanted to. I've always fancied doing Fagin as well, oh, right, right? Yeah, mm. which I know you know it's great. I think I tend to go for those slightly off the wall, unusual, slightly weird,
0: parts. twisted,
1: twisted parts. Yeah, yeah. child hating parts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think out of those, and I've all—I mean—a show that I'd love to do, and probably end up trying to get one of the leads, I probably end up with the old hag lead. Would definitely be Priscilla, um, <laughs> you know, just to a chance of dressing up in drag and using that as an excuse to do it.
0: I think well, you were, you were <laughs>
1: qu- quite close to
0: quite close to Priscilla when you did your Herod in Jesus Christ yeah, Superstar.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to mention that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was as close as I was going to get. Gold hot pants, gold boots, which. I know I spent hours and hours looking, scouring the internet for, but that's probably as close as I'm going to get to probably did partly you, getting naked. Did you do hair at the, you work the yeah. guys, oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Was, that's a, that's I, a great part. I was a bit gutted, actually, because I remember I'd never really properly seen it, heard a bit, and I was like, oh, I'm not interested in this show at all. Um, but I wouldn't mind that part because it's quite short, it's sweet, and it's a bit funny. And then when we got into it, I was gutted that I didn't do something that had a bit... Because I remember them saying, could I double up with doing another part later on because Herod's hardly in it? I was like, no, because I can't be asked to go to rehearsals, if I'm totally honest, for a a show that I'm not that interested in. But then as I got into it more, I was like, oh, God, actually, this is amazing. Music's amazing. And so Yeah. yeah. It does Mm. really suck you in that particular show. Yeah. Mm. Well,
0: maybe, maybe, who knows, perhaps... uh, Priscilla will work its way round whilst some of us are still young enough to do it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm past that point now for those roles. Possibly, nah, you'll probably play
1: the my, back end of the bus. Yeah, my figure, my figure
0: now might might be more suited to that possibly after yeah. lockdown. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, but you could probably still um, work a feather boa. I'm sure. I don't know.
1: Even I'm 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 like Jabba the Hut at the moment. I've got I've got a quarantine tyre. Yeah quarantine at the moment but who knows when we get out of it
0: right okay that's no, been a lovely conversation it's been great it having has. you on christian thank you for oh, been for joining us Corpses on stage coming out we used to do it weekly um at the moment it's become very difficult to achieve that we've spoken to a lot of great people we've talked about a lot of nice subjects and there's still more to talk about but for the time being we're going to reduce the the, the frequency, frequency in, in which we release episodes maybe every couple of weeks maybe every three weeks please subscribe to the podcast and then you'll always get the next episode as it comes out however regular or irregular they might be as always yeah. uh, <laughs> drop us a line via facebook if you've got anything you want us to talk about or any stories you want to tell us yourself and please like and share and all that business. I'm trying to do the marketing thing, Christian. You see, I'm trying to trying to get it out there on social media.
1: <laughs> Most people have switched off by now. But like I say, I mean, it's, it's not it's not working.
0: It's not working this social media stuff. And don't forget <laughs> to join. And don't forget to join our TikToks, by the
2: way. <laughs> yeah, get that going on you, Matty. You those TikToks going. I'll do the TikTok you, dances.
0: Yeah. So we'll see you next time. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Matthew. Goodbye from me, Matt.
2: Goodbye from me, Matty. And goodbye.
0: Say later, everyone. Cops is on stage. Cops is on stage. You mustn't make me laugh, cause there'll be corpses on stage. Cops is on stage. Cops, is on, stage. Cops is on stage. You shouldn't make me laugh, cause there'll be corpses on stage. Exit pursued by a bear.